0: listening to another episode of Courageous Conversations with Shree. I'm your host, Shree Darian, and we have another fantastic duel for you today, Savannah. I hope you are wonderful, but before we jump into that, let me jump into this and remind you, you're listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with global soul. And the viewpoints expressed in the following program are not necessarily those of WRUU, its staff, or its license holder. Without further ado, what's up, Savannah? It's your girl, Cherie. And today I have two more new authors. We have Dr. Keisha Kareem and Tiffany Teachy. Are you ladies on with me? Yes, we are. Yes, yes. Excellent, excellent. You guys are a part of an amazing compilation and anthology uh, that was compiled by Ayana Mills Gallo. Uh, how exciting is that? Are you guys excited? Oh, yes, we are. Super. So uh, Dr. Kareem, is this your first time becoming an author or have you written before? It's um, funny, uh, Cherie. I have two books coming out almost at the same
1: time. Well, you go, girl. That's awesome. Yeah, fabulous. yeah. Yeah. Um, Ayana contacted me while I was completing one book, and this book came out faster
0: than a bestseller. So, excellent, sweet. Yes. That puts you in the right spot. Then, fabulous. Yes. Right place, right time. Right. I'm feeling that right now. That yes. right place, right time. Super. What about you, Tiffany?
1: Um, This is actually my second book. I actually um, published a book back in December, and it's a children's book. It's called What Can I Be? STEM Careers from A to Z. So it's a children's book. And it was a bestseller, too, in STEM education. I'm excited to continue on with another bestseller with this opportunity.
0: Well, if you're going to do it, let's do it, right? Hello, somebody. I love it. Well, You know, let me roll out the red carpet for each one of you. That's what I affectionately do to introduce my very special guests, And so this week is no different. So I'm going to start with you, Dr. Keisha Kareem. Dr. Kareem was born in Chicago, Illinois. She is the executive director of a family-owned business that provides residential care to persons with intellectual disabilities. As a mother, aunt, as an entrepreneur, as a government worker and college professor, she is committed to instilling the values of truth and honesty. Dr. Kareem obtained her doctorate degree from University of Phoenix and completed her dissertation on stress and emotional intelligence, as we know, EI. Her analysis shows how EI contributes To significant life outcomes, such as better decision-making and improved learning skills. EI helped her to cope and win against discrimination. Ooh, we're going to talk about that. After recently becoming an aunt of two beautiful twin girls, she decided to create inspiring books that teach both young and old, about emotional intelligence, diversity, values, and those with special needs. To book webinars on stress or EI, or to pre-order your copy of The Twins. I'm sorry, help me with this. It's funny, it's a children's
1: book as well. Tiffany and I got a lot in common. It's called The Twins Say Always, Always Keep Your Promises.
0: Okay. Yeah. It looks like a typo on my form. No, it's it's correct.
1: It is correct. Always, always keep your promises. It's based on um, my two um, four-year-old nieces and how they have adventures and keep their promises and learn about diversity, learn about um, disabilities and values. So it's it's based upon values and diversity and um, disabilities.
0: Excellent. Very good. And then we have Ms. Tiffany Ticci. Tiffany Ticci is a senior mechanical engineer. I love these girls. These ladies are the bomb.com. They're <laughs> on it. She is a senior mechanical engineer, science, technology, engineering, math, as we know, STEM, coach and advocate. She is a professional speaker, bestselling author of the children's book, What Can I Be? Every parent, I'm sure, is wanting to grab a copy of that, STEM Careers from A to Z, and co-author of this amazing anthology, Saving Lives While Fighting for Mime. As an engineer with more than 16 years of experience, Tiffany has a passion for inspiring the next generation to engage in STEM careers. She is known for motivating, empowering, and inspiring others to succeed. Tiffany was born and raised in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. She enjoys traveling and being a youth mentor. For more information about Ms. Tiffany, you can visit her website at www.tiffanyteachie.com or follow her on Instagram and Twitter at Tiffany Tici. Or like author Tiffany Tichi on Facebook. And we also have Dr. Kareem's uh, email address, Keisha at yahoo.com. That's Keisha spelled K E E S H A at yahoo.com. Or she can be contacted at Dr. K at Dr. Kareem. Kareem is spelled k-a-r-r-i-e-m and if you need more information about them obviously you can reach out to me courageous conversation with Sheree, but we're going to jump into this wonderful conversation today what is our topic today well i'm so glad you asked savannah it is overcoming discrimination well first of all ladies before we jump into that topic Why don't you tell us, we're talking about this new book that you guys have graciously decided to be a part of, Saving Lives While Fighting for Mine. I love that topic, first of all. I'm sure it resonated with each one of you, and we all have our own stories. But my question for you, help the audience understand what specifically is the title of your story in this particular anthology. Tiffany, let's start with you.
1: It's called Against All Odds, Becoming a STEM Changer.
0: It speaks for itself,
1: going through the process and what, dealing with STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math. So Against All Odds, Becoming a STEM Changer.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Love it. What about you, Dr. Kareem? Uh, my title is From Discrimination to an Entrepreneur with a Doctorate Degree. From discrimination to an entrepreneur with a doctorate degree. Wow. Now, listen, we're talking about overcoming discrimination. Tiffany, I'm going to jump back to you. It is so apparent for Dr. Kareem, but for you with STEM, how does STEM fit with discrimination? Oh, yeah. We deal with
1: representation matters. Um, I push that a lot as far as needing more females, girls, women, as well as minorities, the underrepresented minorities, need to be represented in STEM. We don't see many of them. It's starting to grow, but as far as sitting in the classrooms, going to the jobs, we don't see many of us females as represented, as well as minorities represented. So that's where discrimination plays a role, where we sometimes have to fight to prove ourselves. Um, And I've dealt with that, and I've told some of those situations and moments in the book and share how I had to deal with that. Discrimination is all in it because of how we have to be able to Sort of fight to have a seat at the table
0: that's a really good point i want you to validate that particular comment and give some data if you will some statistics there's not a lot of minorities or there haven't been let's put it in retrospect at the tables in the rooms i believe that is changing certainly in the environment that we're in now but how can you quantify the statement that you just made
1: oh you don't have to get some numbers really <laughs> I mean, the thing is, the percentage is, even with, the I'm not even going to call any numbers. I don't want to put no numbers, but just sitting in the classroom, I see it for myself. Just sitting in the classroom, it might be a classroom of maybe all 50 males in there. You might see maybe a handful of females in there, three or four, four in the class. And then break it down to a black female, it's limited. So... That's how I see it as far as the numbers, just sitting in the classroom when I had to go sit in those engineering classes. So from a standpoint of ratio, the ratio itself speaks for itself for the number of who's sitting in the classroom to who's representing from a female standpoint to minority. And I will say I went to a PWI, Predominantly White Institute, so it also showed that as well versus going to HBCU. But I will say there are schools that's producing. My brother was a North Carolina a State University. He has a civil engineering degree. They produce the numbers. So representing in schools, it depends on what schools you go to. But there is representation where they're pushing the numbers of engineers to try to get out there. But I will say, me sitting in the classroom I sat in, the numbers showed there wasn't as many representing, especially with females.
0: Right. From your perspective, you're saying real time, real life, in the university, in college enrollment, as a student, from that perspective, you only saw a few, a handful Yeah, so I can speak from just that experience and numbers
1: and seeing how many in the classroom takes part in it. And it dwindles as you get closer to graduation. It starts out a big number. They tell you, look to the left, look to the right. I remember that chemistry class. Right. You will not, you will not see everybody. on. That. Everybody will not make it. And so it can be intimidating. They have those what they call weed-out classes where they already have a number of who's not going to make it. And, it, and it, it's real, and it happens. So, well, it's intense, right? Yeah, it's intense. It's, it's not easy. It's not easy, right. but I graduated. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> and, um, but it, it wasn't easy, but it was worth it at the end. And nobody can take it
0: away from me. Um, right, exactly. So where does your love for STEM come from? Where does it originate?
1: Right. So my parents, my my dad was an entrepreneur. He owned his own barbershop, beauty salon. My mom was an educator, a teacher. Um, so they had pushed hard work and education is important. So my brother and I, we had to go to a math and science Saturday academy. It was on Winston-Salem State's campus. And so we would go every Saturday. We would have to go. So we learned. And then from the social capitalist side, my dad was cutting somebody's hair who was a civil engineer. So he said, hey, man, you should get your kids into engineering. So tied in with math and science, the problem solving, and then hearing him, my brother and I decided to go into engineering. And so the problem solving, initially I wanted to be a lawyer. I will say I wanted to be a lawyer. (laughs) I thought I could debate and argue. But when I found out that Engineering dealt with problem solving, the math and science. That's the route I decided to go with.
0: How important do you think it is to have exposure? I, in reading your bio, you enjoy traveling and mentoring youth. Yeah. And so obviously you've written a book, uh, What Can I Be? And that's directly focused on STEM careers from A to Z. So with that being said, how important for minorities, especially, or people of color, women, you name it. How important to have that exposure it sounds like in that barbershop here Mm -hmm. it is your dad was privy to that and Mm -hmm. then that obviously opened the door for you guys and now obviously you have gone through and gotten the necessary credentials that you need as you stated no one can take it from you now Mm -hmm. and uh, you're here to pay it forward so how important do you believe now with the work that you're doing the great work that you're doing that minorities are even exposed to these opportunities, especially in the world that we're living in today. It's a bunch of AI, Uh, Mm -hmm. COVID certainly shut us down. We're recording right now via Zoom, coding, I'm thinking about all these different things. It's not basic arithmetic anymore. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I talk about how it's important to have opportunity, access, exposure, and knowledge. If kids can start off early, getting exposed in that manner, I think that's key. So that's really why I decided to go with starting with the age K through two. Third grade is that prime time when they start deciding what they're going to do with those kids. And, they're, and and that's the prime time they start looking at and that whole prison pipeline, the whole thought mm-hmm. of, okay, this kid isn't excelling. All. So starting early is what's key to get that exposure. And then having those resources as far as, and I talk about that in the book of being able to get that resources being exposed through mentoring and sponsorship and those type of representation, like I said, if they can see that. So going out, talking to the kids, I'm always talking to the kids. We always, yeah. I'm a part of a lot of organizations. So a lot of times I ask them, who's an engineer? And of course, at the beginning, they don't know. But by the time you've done a presentation, you've done hands-on activities. At the end, I ask, who's met an engineer? And so now they can all say they've met an engineer. What gets me is when they get older and they might run into me, they be like, I remember when you came and talked to me. And when I see them full circle and they became an engineer or they came in these STEM STEM careers. And it's just the impact that's made from making that key connection of exposing them early I think is what's key and so that's really what makes my day when it when it comes full circle and they say oh yeah I remember when (laughs)
0: so um, I'm I'm looking at you and you're talking about someone coming full circle I'm thinking what do you mean you look like a baby yourself (laughs) (laughs) thank you (laughs) you're welcome you're welcome now you just tapped on the age of I think the age where they're impacted the most, what age again, for our parents that are listening, would you think that they should be introduced? Right. So
1: the, like I said, I have that other book, which is from five to eight year olds. So it's K through two. And so that's that prime time where I'm saying, let's catch them right before that third grade. Let's catch them right before. So before five to third eight year olds. Grade. Yep. So that's the time frame I would say, try to get them, get them early and expose them, giving them the hands-on activities, having those girls sit up front, See themselves and I talk about that too how I was that one who was curious I was that one who was up there asking the questions um I speak about how a teacher yelled at me but I had my parents there my mom did not play that she came and talked to the teacher she said oh no Tiffany can ask the questions but she was the teacher was having a bad day so (laughs) I talk about that kind of thing of uh, no matter what it helps as well if parents can also be involved put in the work as well and I was blessed to have two parents that were there and and I think that's key as well it would help mentoring helps
0: right absolutely before I go to Dr. Kareem I want to ask you for the parents that are listening that may have children K through 2 before the third grade ages um, that five to eight year old What are some of the things that they can do at home? Because you were talking about getting in the classroom. Well, we're still very much in a at-home space, social distancing. What can they do? Some practical tips that you can give to them if they're thinking, Mm -hmm. oh, my God, just tell me one thing where I can start.
1: Right. And virtual has been the thing now. And as an author, it's like you have to be creative now at this point. Yeah. How are you going to get out there in virtually? So there are a lot of tools online that they can go to for virtual. They had a lot of summer camps, virtual summer camps. It ended up being turning around during summer camps. Now, yeah. I'm a part of a lot of organizations like the National Society of Black Engineers, NSBE, Society of Women Engineers. And there's stuff online where there can be activities and hands-on things that they can do online as well. For example, I've done hands-on where you could take stuff at home, like a build your highest tower with whatever materials you have. So like spaghetti and marshmallows. Use the resources you have. And it's the problem-solving thing. So if they can right. think about Good. things they have at home, they can use those tools and start having those questioning attitude as far as things in the design process itself. Those right. are some stuff they can do at home to take advantage of.
0: Right, you know, because it could be very well intimidating, even for the parents, you're thinking engineering, they're thinking it's outside of their wheelhouse, where do I even begin? Mm -hmm. And certainly, listen, our children are so gifted, like you give Mm -hmm. them a remote control, and we try to get the smart TV set up, and they can do it like that, right? Or you give them an iPhone or something, and they can use it quicker than an adult. So when it comes to that problem solving critical thinking skills, I see certainly why it's so important. And you're right. Our world has totally shifted. So we're going to come back to you. Thank you so much for all of that. I want to yeah, shift to Dr. Keisha Kareem. Now we're talking about why you said yes in the title of your story. Why don't you jump in? Yes, because Ayana, it was just like it was meant to be. She came and said, I'm,
1: I'm doing this anthology. And I was just wondering if you were interested. We're talking about saving lives and saving your own. And it, and I thought it, I was thinking, okay, she was talking about like, you know, the pandemic and nurses and all of that. I said, well, you know, we have group homes for adults with disabilities. I said, but you know, I'm kind of going through something right now. And she said, well, that's a perfect, um, perfect thing to write about. And so it started um, going into discrimination. And what I, what I've experienced, I've had 29 years in the federal government And I've experienced a lot of discrimination, and it really stems from, it's kind of similar to Tiffany's, is that I think when you get to a certain point, they do not want females, they do not want Black females, and in my case, definitely not Black female Muslims going up the so-called governmental corporate ladder. And so that's how my interaction and how my story got written.
0: Wow, who is your target audience? Who are you trying to speak to specifically? I know this book is about stories to empower women to win. So women, we get that. But when you think through the lens of your own story and a potential listener, who is that person today?
1: I'm talking to the women starting their careers in corporate America, and federal government, and even as an entrepreneur. You know, we all have to answer to someone. So I'm
0: really speaking to those
1: who are starting
0: their careers. Got it. Very good. So what is your own transformation then? My transformation has
1: been, um, following several EEOC complaints, being very, um, disappointed in how my career was going because it was started off fabulous. Um, you know, you come in, you learn things, you move up the ladder. And then all of a sudden when you want to become a manager or a supervisor, You're told that you didn't do good on the interview. And that's what I go on to my story, how there are loopholes, how... And I don't think it's just in federal government. I think it's in every every institution. And I pretty much lay it out in a way where we're in this time in our lives of social unrest, systemic racism. It happens not just in corporate America, not just in in government. It happens in the prison system. It happens in the health industry. It happens with police brutality. It, It is a system built to keep Blacks down. And so that is how my story is written. My story is just a small part, I think, of the whole social unrest and systemic injustices that Blacks are receiving in in our society.
0: Got it. And so who do you want your story to help? You mentioned women that are new into their careers. They're new into their
1: careers. To look out for the loopholes, to, to hang in there, to have hope, to think of success, not to give up. And I think what did it for me was, even though it's sometimes, some things are a blessing in disguise, Yeah, I do think that had I probably gotten that job that I wanted, that promotion I wanted, I probably wouldn't have went for my doctorate degree. It was dissatisfaction. Yeah. It brings about change. So I think that, you know, even though I I didn't like it at the time, I didn't understand it at the time, but it also encouraged me to. Use my talents elsewhere, start my own business, do for yeah. self. You know, Honorable Elijah Muhammad always speaks that we need to do for self. we become too dependent on other people giving us jobs, on going to their food markets, to their grocery stores. I think since this whole pandemic and since this all of this police brutality, I think a lot of Black Americans have been thinking we need to buy from each other now. Mm-hmm. We need to open our own stores. We need to get our own farmland. So it opened my eyes to so, you know what? We're going to start our own business. You know, we've been in business. um, It's a family-owned
0: business. We've been in business 20 years now. And we're still still here. So that's pre-pandemic, your family-owned business, right? Right. Excellent. And you were saying, yeah, if that hadn't happened, I love how you look for the silver lining in the experience and glean the lesson out of that. Instead of becoming bitter, you're becoming better. And then, obviously, you're pairing it forward by being a part of this book. And we employ other Black Americans. When you create your own business, you're also able to
1: employ others. Mm -hmm. Some of our workers start off with just a high school diploma. Yeah. And then there's some of them have gone on to nursing school. Yeah. It is wonderful. It's beautiful to see that, you know, and they come back and they say hi. And, you know, it's hard. I know how it was when I first, even getting out of college, it was hard finding a job. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So you can imagine when you just have a high school diploma. So you also, you're able to employ others and encourage others. And it's all about this book. And I think all of our stories are about empowerment. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you have, when they see you and see you starting your business, they want to start something too. They want to do better. They want to become better. So I think it's all about, like you said, finding that silver lining is about saying, you know what, you know, that old saying, turn lemons into lemonade, but, right. but, you, but you can't just sit there and mope. And groan and complain. What are you gonna do about it?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so that's that was my transformation. It, it, it you know it started off kind of kind of bitter and angry, and then I said, you know what? Let me. And that's how my story turns. You know what? Let me let us start this. Let's start doing something. And then it started turning like you know, and similar to Tiffany it's funny. My decision was between law school and getting my doctorate because, you know, I was going through all these cases, right? I said, huh, I want to be an attorney now.
0: <laughs> but yeah. I said, no, you know,
1: <laughs> I've always wanted to be a doctor. So, so it makes you think, you know, when, you, when things don't go your way, you, you try to think, you know, what can I do to, to make myself happy? How can I dig out of this hole? Right. And that, that was my transformation. It, it, I became enlightened. I found somewhere else to use my creativity, somewhere else to make me happy. And able to employ others, and most importantly, it's helping disabled adults. It's just a joy beyond, there is no racism with them. They don't, you know, we go to dances, they'll dance with anybody. They're so open, they're so sweet, they're so kind. You know, they're just the most beautiful population. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, going back into why I think that we all learn to love diversity. That's really what it's all about. I think everyone will get along so much better.
0: It sounds like how you found your way out to quote your words. You said you were kind of going through something. You needed to find something, some way. And then it made you think. Like the struggle itself made you think and reconsider. Okay, I guess re-examine your own life. And then you yeah. ask yourself the question, how can I dig myself out of this hole? And yeah. I think you found it by giving back. And it's very common among uh, leaders that, we find that thing within us that helps someone else and as a result we help ourselves
1: and it does it does it's yeah. servantly it, that's a servant leadership style
0: yes yeah 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 i can certainly mm-hmm. identify with that with your story here jump in tiffany how do you want to add on to that particular question your own transformation
1: oh uh, i mean i went from a curious girl like i said i was that one up in the front to being able to be a powerful female role model in STEM. And I think that's the biggest thing is representation matters. Um, it have got to see more of us because we so many people have paid the way for us. And that's why I'm all about paying it forward. And it's important to do that too and lift people up. I think that's the biggest thing. We as women empower each other. But I think of the thing of girls compete, women empower. We yeah. empower each other. And these type of stories are the ones that are encouraging us to look out for each other because It's a tough world out there and what we're dealing with today. And that's what I say with where I talk about my transformation. I'm just trying to be that role model, to be that example and leave a legacy. What will they say when I leave? And that's the thing. I want to make sure that I'm making an impact and making a difference. And I think that's the little thing that I look at um, from a transformation standpoint.
0: Yeah, that's fabulous. So what I hear you saying that you were that little girl at the front of the room asking the question. So it sounds (laughs) like you would certainly applaud the inquisitive nature of our youth of our oh, yeah. children, oh yeah, and and you yes. see
1: it early, a lot of the parents don't realize it, but those kids, if they're up there, you might give them something you they might put something together, like my brother, he taught, they used to have Teddy Ruxton, right right. <laughs> And he made his own. He took a bear, and he ended up opening up the middle of it and put a radio inside of it. So they might have something there. And this thing is, you got to watch those kids, because those that's asking those questions, they might be going somewhere. And, you, and they might be your future engineer. So putting it in their hands, exposing them early, um, I think that's key. And them girls got to know that they're just as smart. They're I just as And you've got to empower them. And I think that's what's lacking because a lot of them, they get intimidated, especially in math class. And I talk about, we talk about some of the statistics. I talk about how the girls earlier on they don't get to see themselves because they always get intimidated. Because the guys, they think they're they know it all, and they might yeah. even. And so I talk about how I ask those questions, and a lot of those boys don't know either, and they, they act like they do. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't know it either. And so those <laughs> are the kind of things where you gotta let the girls let let them know so they can grow up as women and be able to know that they can be just like that and don't let nobody intimidate you.
0: Um, that is so good. I I really had got a giggle out of that. And that is so yes. the, guys will, the guys will macho up and they mm-hmm. will hold the space. They will talk so much smack and be mm-hmm. so clueless. Mm-hmm. But you will never know. You would nope. never know. But and- we would be timid, we'd be shy, you know, be hesitant to speak up. And then though, when we do, for those that are bold and confident, then we're told we're bossy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then I talk about
1: imposter syndrome in there. I talk yeah. about that. And I will talk about how I sort of dealt with that. That's that feeling of you don't feel like you're good enough, like you shouldn't be in that room. And you feel like all these accomplishments and achievements and stuff. Why am I getting this? Why am I? Right. But actually, you might be just an overachiever and you might be just doing it. And you are doing and excelling. And so I talk about that in the book, too, as far as females and how we deal with a lot of this imposter syndrome. Um, So yeah, I hit a lot of topics of what we deal with and why we always question. When you ask the questions, you're questioning yourself and you're your worst enemy when you're questioning yourself. And that's the things we have to think about when we talk about women and empowerment and everything too.
0: But I think that's the difference of our environments too. And and even taking ownership within our own culture, to your point, Dr. Kareem, you're talking about creating more opportunities among minorities starting their businesses, so forth Mm -hmm. and so on. If we're not exposed to these things, we tend to question or be skeptical that it's even possible for me. So what I'm hearing you guys say is let's expose our children, especially from you, Tiffany, as early as possible so that then they don't have to worry about self-sabotaging or the imposter syndrome. Yes. Because it's not foreign to them. It's when we don't see it enough, it's like something new. Anytime we're outside of our mm-hmm. comfort zone or building a brand new habit, we got to get used to it. And so it's the same thing. It's no different. But if it's your norm, like I have a granddaughter, and this is the point of me asking you about your curiosity earlier, the inquisitive nature of children, because we were in Walmart yesterday. Her name is London. She is my first grand on the 11th. Her birthday is 9 11 she will oh. be seven. Yep. She will be seven. And uh, we were in Walmart yesterday and obviously she gets groomed. She gets conditioned, whether we like it or not, every day they are watching what we do. Yes. In addition to what we say, but mm-hmm. I intentionally, very deliberately make sure I'm grooming her. And so we have very in-depth conversations mm-hmm. and she is a whiz kid. And so we were in the Walmart and this older couple saw her when this lady was in the line behind us and she was going a mile a minute, just talking, 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 talking. The lady said, she doesn't even catch her breath. She talks so much. (laughs) She talks so much she doesn't even catch her breath. And I just, I championed that. I said, you're absolutely right. We're working on articulation.
1: Yeah. I don't know why. It seems like it's girls more than, than boys. Because I, I have a son, and he was so quiet, but I noticed my nieces just talk, talk, talk,
0: talk, talk. I, I don't know. I, I think it's a gender thing. It very well could be. I don't know. I'm just saying, she is wide open. And I have two more granddaughters that will be born before the end of the year. I have identical twins, and each one of them oh, will wow. bring it with a girl each. So yeah. October and November, we'll have two more. And you better believe those sisters are going to be chatty, too. <laughs> although we saw a sonogram photo of one of the daughters today it's so funny already I see their personalities she looked like she's so mad in the picture though <laughs> like her Does she facial, have a fist balled up or something oh my god her facial expression is like hey, don't take a picture of me like don't take a picture of me. but the other one the other one looked like she was ready for a selfie it's amazing oh. to look at there. But you know, I believe the children are definitely our future. Yeah, the time is now, and it is encumbered upon us as adults to prepare the way for them and give them the opportunity. But to your point, Tiffany, to acknowledge those that are ready to dissemble something and put it back together again because they're already displaying their gifts and talents. I do, yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, instead of really saying, Oh, woe is me, or you know, blaming on situations and circumstances. I think it's high time, particularly in this pandemic, that we take ownership of all Mm -hmm. of our stuff Mm -hmm. and we're straight out of excuses. And what are we going to do differently? So yes, we've cited the inequalities. You were talking about the social unrest, Dr. Keisha. Yes. Everybody knows now, it's not just the South, the East or the West Mm -hmm. or the North. the entire world gets it so now we're not going to continue to sing that song we're singing a different song we said enough is enough but then now what are we going to do so I want to shift the conversation so if you have experienced discrimination Tiffany you gave great examples of what we can actually do and I would echo that and say expose our children sooner rather than later Mm -hmm. quicker and faster Mm -hmm. and pay attention you know yes. it's mm-hmm. upon you i think even with this environment we're talking about virtual homeschooling right mm-hmm. even in this space the parents have become the teachers all over again oh yeah, oh, yeah. we've always been the first yes. teacher, but we have no choice but to be the first teacher now mm-hmm. and so now okay it's incumbent upon me to make sure little johnny learns his abc so forth mm-hmm. and so on that he's taking time to read and not just on the nintendo or yeah. They're not even on that anymore. Yeah. They're on the phone with iPads, you know? Or in front mm-hmm. of a computer watching YouTube and TikTok.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And Xbox and PlayStation.
0: Yeah, Facebook, <laughs> Instagram, Twitter, you name it. They all got channels and things. So let's just talk about taking ownership of our our lives, you know, and not asking permission, because here on this platform, I say it all the time, courageous conversation is about being naked, mm-hmm. unashamed and unapologetic with our truth. And so mm-hmm. with that being said, taking ownership, we're bossing up, we're empowering ourselves and we're paying that for it. Speak to us. We are almost at the halfway mark, but would you agree that we need to take ownership of our stuff right now and yeah. move that needle? Like not yeah. ask permission? yes.
1: yes. Yeah. And and my um my shiro is uh, Congresswoman Shirley Chisholm where she says if they don't give you a seat at the table bring your photo chair. And that's what's pushed me like to the T yeah. <laughs> here. Yeah. like I'm i bo- un-, un bothered. So that's when you talk about bossing up and doing your thing. She's my shiro. So when
0: you talk about examples, she's <laughs> one of <them. laughs> That's a valid point. It is so important that we have those shiros those heroes I don't want to leave the men out because you're as important as well but yeah we have those mentors those people that can actually pour back into us those people that can see the potential in us and actually call it out just yeah. call it forth, yeah. to speak to the greatness in that you can do whatever you like you know mm-hmm. and as a man thinks so is he I believe yeah, that's that. true that's yep. true and mine is more um, with the Honorable
1: Elijah Muhammad. He said, like I said, we should do for self. But he also had a quote where he says, we should stop begging the white man for a job. Hmm. We have to create our own jobs. Yeah. You know. And even back to, you know, I went to CVS high school in Chicago. And back then, there were architectural programs, drafting, electrician, plumbing, the trades we've gotten so far from that back to the Booker G Washington days and all where you could come out of high school being able to you know maybe take an apprenticeship or whatever and become a plumber and instead of trying to go out here and, and now we're just begging for these service jobs everyone might not be cut out for
0: college yeah that's true that's, true, that's absolutely true I believe more than anything, I believe so strongly in more than just a job. I think it's so high time that we think about wealth creation. I had this conversation with some of the previous guests on starting businesses as well Mm -hmm. and leaving, to your point, Tiffany, a legacy. Yes. you know Yeah. Yeah. Let's definitely do that. That is so good, ladies. We're already at the halfway point. I'm going to take a break just for a couple of announcements, excuse me, and we will be right. Has the pandemic left you feeling lonely, isolated with no one to talk to? Georgia Southern University students are calling seniors 65 and older to offer an ear to listen and a shoulder to support. Love in Action gives company during COVID-19 with two phone calls a week from students who care. If you want more information or to register for this free program, email Action at georgiasouthern.edu. That's Action at georgiasouthern.edu.
1: The fate of the nation is at stake on November 3rd, 2020. It is your right and duty to vote on or before that day. If you are not registered, registration to vote on November 3rd is available in Georgia until October 5th. Registration and voting are simple procedures, and yet they are two of the most important acts that you can take to preserve our democracy. More information can be found at www.vote.org.
0: And we're back. You're listening to another episode of Courageous Conversations with Sheree. I'm your host, Sheree Darien, and we have two fabulous co-authors on the line with me, Dr. Keisha Kareem, and our mechanical, excuse me, senior mechanical engineer herself, Ms. Tiffany Tichy. You ladies still there with me? Yes, yeah. Oh, yeah. are. Excellent. Thank you so much. That was a very fast half hour. Like That went by really, really quickly. I want to jump back in here and tell us, how did Ayana inspire you to be a part of this collaboration, this anthology, this compilation? I
1: actually saw Ayana on some, um, I'm always constantly learning with books. Like I said, I created a book, but I'm always constantly learning and going through workshops and stuff. So I heard her talk about best-selling books, how you can get your best-selling books. And I told her, well, I got one already. She was like, well, it's okay. That's great. But, uh, and so when I saw her pop up, cause I, I said, I'm still going to join your group, your Facebook group. And so when she popped up saying she needed another author to be a part of this book, I said, well, I know that she's full of knowledge. I feel like she's a go-getter and I seen her in action I said I've got to tack on you know how you just know you got to tack on to something that's going to be great and is great already and so I thought that was the opportunity I do know yes Mm -hmm. so I took part in it I said thank you and so I'm, I'm on board so this this was a great opportunity to be able to share stories with
0: some fabulous phenomenal women that is pretty remarkable, yeah. your response. One of the other, or a couple of the other authors actually shared a similar response, but what I think I really love about that is that we know what we want, quite honestly. At the yeah. end of the day, nobody really has to sell you. You know what you really want. If we're honest about it immediately, like you go to a restaurant, you know what you want to eat. Yeah. You go in a department store, you know what you want to buy. Come on, ladies, we know that and I'm just celebrating you guys that you didn't just give yourself a sexy excuse not to do this thing, that you said, yes, I'm gonna do this. So kudos to you. What about you, Dr. Keisha? You know, when, when Tiffany was speaking, it was the same thing. I
1: really though hadn't heard of Ayana. And it's so weird. I keep trying to remember like, what was I doing? I think I was just on Facebook going on this author journey. This has been my, I guess my latest journey. You know, you take all yeah. these things that you want to accomplish, And it's always been this journey. And like I said, I was doing the children's book and I've always had this story in the back of my mind, right? And then Ayana came and I'm like, yeah, I've always wanted to just get this off my chest and to let others know. And I think like I was saying with this climate, I felt this was the right time. And of course, bestseller. Right. Right. I mean, how can you say no to someone who says they're going to make you a bestseller? And then I, so I did my research, you know, I'm a, I research a lot <laughs> and I looked her up and I saw all the other best-selling books and I saw she does this thing with these billboards and I'm, I, you know, we can't, we can't wait to do this billboard thing. And she's just such a, my major is marketing and I have seen that she is a fantastic marketer. Yeah. yeah. She, she, I don't think I've met anyone and, and I'm happy to give her these kudos who can get this done, 10 people to get their stories done on time, similar I mean, similar format and we all became bestsellers and we met every Sunday night and we had great discussions and it went even deeper than just telling our story I think we all just sort of bonded and we got to know about what everyone has gone through and so I think we empowered each other writing this anthology i think we've all empowered each other because i saw somebody like oh they're done oh i gotta get my part done i gotta get mine done too you know it it made you you know it it was really a a collaboration and so i have to admit i would not have finished this story without her yeah she's got a good outline like i I came in to tell anything like i didn't know anything about i think i was the last one coming through when she said (laughs) i need another like i need another author i was like so i came in like within a month. <laughs> and she says, you got this, Tiffany, and followed her steps, and neighbor to the T, and it's thorough. She's like, I knew you would get it. You're your engineer. I was like, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> All she says is that, you know, you're a doctor. Oh, you know, you can, you know, it's just another dissertation. But she yes, has this thing about right, pray, release, and yeah. her method of getting you to write is awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's good. It's good. It's thorough. Wow.
0: Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. That is so amazing. You know, you knew what you wanted. You said yes. You got outside of your own way. You didn't let that negative chatter talk you out of something that you knew within your heart that you wanted to do. And look at you guys, you're best-selling authors for real. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) About to be on billboards. All of that, I'm sure, to your point of the marketing skills that she has. But more importantly, what I've heard from you guys here today and some of the previous authors, the character of the individual as well. Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I think to your point, yes, you are best selling authors. This is an amazing book. You've shared your stories. But I bet you've gotten so much more than just the title Best Selling Author out of this.
1: Yeah. Time together. Oh together.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. a journey. It's always a
1: journey. When you like finishing school, getting a your degree, writing a book, it's it's always that journey and what you learn on that journey. Yeah. And it helped build credibility too. Like I've been this children's book author, but I was like, I want to empower women. I've been motivating <laughs> and telling other people, I empower kids, oh, I Most empower the populations. Women. Yeah, know. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> so I was yeah. like, this is changing my brand. I'm yeah. building up my brand and it's like I'm okay with this. This is good. Yeah. This is good. you're
0: actually expanding it. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, you yeah. Go. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's even broader. So, why should others write their stories? I'm so inspired to hear you. I'm sure people that are listening is, "Oh my god, I have always thought about writing my own story or becoming an author as well why is it important that other people share their stories particularly in this environment that we're in on a global scale you know like worldwide why is it important that people tell their stories
1: well I tell you what Ayana told me when I was, it didn't take me long, but I was, you know, I was like, should I do it? And it's therapeutic. And mm-hmm. for no other reason, there's a lot, you know, if you've gone through something, if there's something you want to say, if there's something in your life that you want others to know, it's very therapeutic. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if it inspires someone, and I said it to myself, because you expose a lot, you expose a lot of what you went through, but if it inspires someone to say, you know what, I read this book and she said if your boss come up to you and do this or that or or if you don't know what to do in a situation because i talk about emotional intelligence that was part of my dissertation is and they say that ei is better than iq mm-hmm. you could be you could be very smart but you still don't know how to talk to people
0: mm-hmm. you don't know
1: how to approach people similar to how the police are approaching our black men on the street all it takes is a conversation if learning emotional intelligence, could, they could just take a class in it because I heard they only take six weeks training. But if you could just learn just how to talk to people, how to have empathy, how yeah. to say, you know what? This guy, you know, this guy here, he, he seems to be like he has like a little disability, a learning disability. Maybe I shouldn't put him in a chokehold. Right. I mean, it's just trying to inspire people to learn how to treat others. And so if, if my book can help one person you know, change their life in any way, any any positivity out of it, then I'm
0: happy. You know,
1: to me, that's what books are for anyway. To give you creativity, to make you think outside the box, to just inspire you and also to teach you. I think that is the whole purpose of books anyway.
0: Right. What I heard you say is, yes, you have to expose a lot when you do. When you take on, particularly this particular role, this particular book, Saving Lives While Fighting for Mine, That's a vulnerable position. And so the willingness to be open, honest, naked, unashamed, transparent, whatever word you want to use, it does take courage to do that. And so we don't want to minimize that. But many times to your point of the police brutality, common sense is not always common. But what I've learned is people don't care how much you know to the intelligence until they know how much you care, the emotional intelligence. So you're talking about IQ and EQ, EI, you're absolutely right. I agree 1,000%. What about you, Tiffany? Um,
1: everybody's got a story to tell. You can't. Nobody can tell your story better than yourself. And that's what you have to keep in mind. And you just don't know what impact. Like I said, when those kids come back and they've grown up, you yeah. don't know what impact you might have made on that one person, that one book. You don't know what impact telling that story is, and that's what we have to think about. Why hold it in? There is yeah. somebody who needs that, and why are you gonna hold it? Hold back what gift you have and tell your story. And I think that's what's important, and why you got to tell your story. Not just write it. I was listening to training again. Not just be a writer, but be an author. A writer writes, and then an author finishes. Become that author. Don't be just the writer. Writers are right, good, but finish right. that book is what's key. You gotta publish that book. Tell that story so somebody else can have it. Tell your story is what I say. Um, yeah, you're gonna make that impact. So
0: finish, finish the mark. Finish the mark. So I really wanna talk about what it feels like now, ladies. You've done the work. <laughs> You've done the work. This is an opportunity. We, you know, we we take that dip. We go down into that rock bottom place where, you know, we had the hard times, but you're out of it. And I love this about this, all four of these interviews I've had, I'm like, look, I'm, you know, we've had the trauma stories, we've had the pain, we know the hard times, but now we're on the other side of that thing. So let's really empower because that's what this is about stories to empower women to win. What I hear from you guys today, ladies, is that there are, Uh, life can be blissful and there are infinite possibilities. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to get in the game of life and live? or Are you going to stay stuck? It sounds like you all are living on top of, on top of your life and rocking it out. So what would you say about that as far as truly empowering? In fact, I'd love to hear from you guys, uh, what your definition of empowerment means. I shared earlier that minds is to take your power back. And somewhere mm-hmm. uh, you know, along our own journeys in life where it gets tough and we all have those moments, we lose it. We can lose that. It's like driving your car. You eventually need to go back to the fill-up station to put more gas in, right? <laughs> so yeah. how do you get that power back? What does empowerment mean to you, Tiffany? Being your authentic self. I think ultimately,
1: being your authentic self will empower you to be who you be. You don't be anybody else. Take back, like you said. Don't let nobody take your joy away. Yeah. <laughs> and <that's> the thing. <laughs> It's the truth. Don't don't let nobody take kill your joy because you are here for a reason. And that's the thing we have to empower ourselves and know you're here for a reason and and live it. My motto is living my life like it's golden. Um I think of empowering, you gotta remember why are you here? What purpose are you here? You're here for a reason. So why you here, make a difference. Be, yeah. be, be about something and make that change. Be a change agent. So empowering is being that change agent, being your authentic self, and knowing you're here for a reason. That's how that's how I look at it.
0: You are here for a reason. Live your life like it's I'm golden. golden. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love that. Jill Scott, guys, if you yes, want to hear that. There you go. Don't <laughs> call that up and jam to that. Love yes. it. Come on, Dr. Kareem. Take us on in. She made me think about my last concert.
1: It might have been seeing Jill Scott because I missed going to concerts, but I, I love that. Let's break down the word empowerment it's power, yeah. mm-hmm. power is strength. Mm-hmm. It's having that strength. And I think, uh, like you were saying earlier, it's, it's not like we're trying to be men, but women are strong. You know, Black women have carried us, have, has brought this race through. I'm, it, it has been our strength. Black women have been empowered since slavery. You know, having babies out in the field and having to put the baby on your back and keep on picking cotton. When I think about that, I say, my life is not hard. Right. They had to work from sun up to sundown, and guess what? They didn't stop. They yeah. even had to weigh it, they had to pack it. They had to, you know, I mean, when you talk about empowerment, that's why we have no right to be angry or disgruntled or complain. Let's think about what our forefathers have brought us through. So, empowerment means having that strength. And I like what you said about generational wealth is, and it's also mentoring It's carrying it forward. It's helping yeah. others. And in imagine. my book, I talk about how I don't want to leave a stone unturned. Yeah. There were others in, and they may know it and they may not, but some of the lawsuits I filed have helped other blacks in the organization.
0: Yeah. When I say
1: you haven't promoted any blacks, one gets promoted sooner or later.
0: Yeah. It's
1: helpful, you know, and you don't even have to say thank you because my blessings come somewhere else. Yeah, I've always said, you know, I'm going to do right. And you don't have to say thank you. I know my blessings are coming somewhere else. Empowering is, is helping others. It's having that strength, that endurance, that perseverance. Like you said, you might go down, but we rise. What is it? I might fall, but I still get up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, So about having that strength, empowerment is having that strength to continue. And I like what Tiffany said, because you got to finish. And, yeah. you know, I've been telling my son, You know, he's still in school, but you got, you got to finish it. It's something Mm -hmm. about finishing. Because like you were saying, um, when I went for um, my doctorate, they say many are chosen, but few make it. Few make it?
0: Yeah.
1: You know, we've got to be the ones that make it through to help others and to give that strength, to have that strength and that power to keep us going because our race has been through so much. We can't let it in now. We can't let
0: it in now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really good. That's good. So tell us, this listening audience and those around the world, those right here in Savannah, Georgia, and those around the globe, why should they get a copy of this book? <laughs> why should they pick it up and read these stories? Just listen to our conversation.
1: <laughs> right. fair it, enough for sure. it's, it's such a wide uh, variety and diversity. There's uh so many stories and if you want to be empowered, if you want, if you want to learn anything from what I've always believed in learning from what other people have, have gone through. If you can save yourself yeah. the trauma and learn through what other people have, have experienced, this is the book for you. This is the book for you. Very yeah. good. It's all about Learning, like you said, from what others have have gone through, so you might not have to go through it and that 's the biggest thing and you might have gone through it either way. this book can tell you the journey of maybe you've gone through yourself or maybe you might be going into it. But how you can get through it is the biggest thing. And that's how we try to tell it. And that transformation piece from all of our different stories. I mean, it's amazing. Like I said, that process of telling the story and how we made it through and giving steps of how you can make it through. This book talks about that from each of the different journeys and stories that we have gone through. And it's all about empowering as far as phenomenal women. We all had our own journey. And being able to hear from some phenomenal women, I think that's the biggest thing, and and it's uplifting to see the journey and how we've made it through. I can't read. I can't wait to read all everyone else's story because, yes. you, heard, you know, we we've, we've talked about it, but I haven't read them yet. So yes. I'm excited to even read everyone else's story.
0: Yeah, that's pretty good. I love that. You know, I was reading actually listening, excuse me, to an audio book recently, and I was just thinking about as you guys were sharing just now how we can learn from other people's mistakes or just the lessons, their own journeys. And I took some notes and what I wrote was learning from experience is expensive. Mm. It is the expensive school of gaining knowledge that I have to do something to have the experience and then try to learn from it. Mm -hmm. Learning after the fact as a result of the experience is the most popular, the most expensive and the least successful way to learn. Yeah, I when I heard that, I was like, OMG, because I used to be a fan <laughs> of on the job training. You know, I thought that was the way to go. But if someone else has already learned if there are so many brilliant people out here, you know, and if they're experts in their particular lane, I am a lover of staying in your lane. Like, I don't have to know it all. I think it's so important for us to know our strengths yeah. and then our, our areas of weaknesses, because if you're great at something and I suck at that, I don't mm-hmm. need to sit here and burn out trying mm-hmm. to be what you are. I would hate for any of the youth today to be sitting in a cubicle somewhere when they have an engineering mind, but they're just mm-hmm. trying to put food on the table, but they yeah. too may have the cure for cancer. Yeah. But yeah. because of circumstances and situation, they just had to put food on the table. We're missing that grand opportunity for yeah. them to make an impact in this world. So I'm hoping that we are all more conscious of one another as we come out of this pandemic and that Mm -hmm. we truly see each other, hear each other and value and appreciate each other. I think it really starts there. Like I think we've been zombies for the most part in this 21st century and you can someone say hello and you're halfway down the next aisle you didn't even really acknowledge that person, right? Right. This has caused us I think to wake up and Mm -hmm. uh, really appreciate one another again. I think humanity as a whole is in a greater position. And oftentimes, great triumphs come out of tragedy. You oh know? Yeah. oh yeah, yeah. So, so I think we're in a beautiful time. And it is certainly a matter of perspective. I believe it certainly is. The needle has been moved. I think it was moved in the right direction. And I'm going yeah. to choose to adopt that type of attitude. And I would just encourage our audience to do the same. And so ladies, before we jump off today's call, I want to know what last words you have to the man or the woman, in this case, we're targeting women, what would you say to that one woman that connects directly with your story? I'm going to start with you, Tiffany. I would
1: say just know that you can be anything you want to be. And if you can start early, if you have kids and girls in particular, feeding in them that they can be anything that they want to be. And representation matters. And that's what I talk about in the book. So they can be able to know that they can be it as well. And um, we just got to keep empowering each other and knowing that the sky's the limit and don't let nobody take your joy away from you.
0: <laughs> yes. You said that. I love that. Very good. Thank you so much. Dr. Keisha Kareem. Never give up, never give up. And
1: even though it may seem dark, like the darkest hour is just before the dawn, you never know if you get, if you just hang in there another, another second, if you just turn that corner, there may be something else awaiting you. Like I said in the, in the beginning, I had no idea. I'll be honest with you. I enrolled in that doctorate program out of spite. I didn't think I was gonna finish. I had no intention of finishing. I just thought I'd just do it out of spite. But I began to love it. I started to learn from it. And so I grew from it. So always look for another way to solve a problem get out of that issue look for something different look for something outside of what you outside your comfort zone and never give up never give up think of something else to do think of another way to do it because there's always opportunities like my sister here said tiffany we're geniuses i had the hardest time with stats i had to take advanced stats and my cousin said to me algebra is Arabic is a black language. We're the scientists. We're the ones who discovered math. So we're geniuses. So don't let anything discourage you. You can do anything you put your mind to. We're the ones who discovered math. Algebra is from Africa. We're the ones who discovered algebra. So don't let math, science, don't let your employers, don't let your employees. think If you're not happy on your job, start your own job. Find your passion and do that. Because if you're doing your passion, the money will come. Oh, yeah. Somebody will
0: come. That's interesting that you pivoted. I love that. I love your transparency too and being honest with us that you did it out of spite. You were totally honest with that. Yeah. And you got in there and you loved it. And that's phenomenal. Uh, earlier I said, What a difference a day makes. I believe at the beginning of the year when we were counting down to the new year, uh, <laughs> we didn't know what we No were idea. idea. No Even idea. idea. <laughs> I had another guest on that said that we asked for this because we were praying uh you know god give us clear vision 2020 i want clear vision. (laughs) i think a lot of people had time to self reflect yes exactly exactly we got exactly what we asked for and so ladies i want to thank you both so much for being on with me today and i want to end with this particular poem because you have inspired me and made me think of it so i'm going to share this with you and wish you well on your journeys and continue making the impact that you certainly are. I'm so grateful for Ayana and all of you coming together. I cannot wait to receive my copy so I can read your stories. Wish you And you're doing a fabulous job too. Thank you for having this show. Thank you you for the opportunity. Yes. (laughs) It is my pleasure. It is my pleasure. Thank you both. So the poem is by Marion Williamson. It is not new. And it goes simply as this. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? Yes. So to your point, Dr. Keisha, you're spot on. We are brilliant. Absolutely yes. brilliant. Mm-hmm. And as I say to all women, we are the treasure. So yes. thank you, my treasures. It's been another episode <laughs> of Courageous Conversations with Sheree. I want to remind you that the viewpoints expressed in the preceding program were not necessarily those of WRUU, its staff, or its license holder. And until next week, Savannah. Take care.